0: nothing wrong with God's word going all the way around the world I reckon. Amen. It's the best place for it. The world needs it. Well thank you for the uh, applause as I've come forward today and I must say as, uh, as the week went by and, and I was uh, trying very hard to hear from the Lord for a sermon, that's all I could ever think of the whole week was the Lord's prayer. That's all. <laughs> I thought, I'm looking forward to a, to a sermon, something that's, you know, I want to preach. But I just kept thinking of those words, our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And every time I thought about it, that's what come to me. So I said, well, okay, that must be what it, the Lord wants me to talk about today. And uh, simply to hear Helen Opening up with that word about prayer reaffirms so many things, even to me, that yes, it was God's word that was telling me to look at the Lord's prayer today. So, what I want to look at today is um, comes from Luke. Uh, no, sorry, Matthew, chapter six, verses five. And we'll go right through to the end, to verses 15. And then we'll have a look at it. Oh, we'll have a look at it as we go, actually. It starts off, verse 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand in the synagogues and on the corners of the street, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go to your room and when you have shut the door pray your Father who is in the secret place and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do for they think that they will be heard for their many words therefore, do not be like them, for your Father who knows the things you have need of before you ask him in this manner. Therefore pray, and here's the Lord's prayer as we all know it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who, or we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And I'll read the next two verses a little bit later. Verses 5 And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. Imagine standing on a street corner, praying away and making sure everybody hears what you pray for. People do. I mean, that's part and parcel of some of the religions around the world to make sure that everybody hears what you're asking. God's asking us to do it quietly, personally. If I wanted to talk privately with my wife, I'd hardly call her up the front here and stand in front of a microphone and start asking her something. I would wait until we're alone and have a private conversation where we can talk about things that are sensitive to my soul or my heart or my mind or to our life. God is asking us to do the same. Those who pray with improper motives have their reward, like those who do charitable deeds with improper motives. From the motives of praying, Jesus turned to methods of praying. One who prays Why one prays determines how one prays. Nothing is wrong with repeating prayers. If you are asking for something, there's nothing wrong with asking the Lord several times. If you're asking for healing, keep asking. If you're asking for salvations for your neighbours or for your family, keep asking. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's no risk just babbling on. Babbling on and talking as though how would we say some religions call it a mantra praying to God is not a mantra we don't have to repeat it over and over and over again if we repeated the same thing to our partner every time we saw them they'd get pretty sick of talking to us wouldn't they <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure God wants us to, to do it dear. Here Jesus was referring to an empty recitation or recitement of words. Now let's look at the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven. Jesus often referred to his Father. As we go through the Bible there's Many places where Jesus referred, I can do as my Father does, or my Father's will, or my Father's this. But in this prayer, he tells us we're part of the family. He says, when we pray, this is a model for us to work with. When we pray, we refer to God as our Father, or my Father, or your Father. Our Father, who art in heaven. It's very important that we remember that He is our Father. He's the one that we ask. Little Roman comes up and asks me for stuff. And it's lovely. And then I can say yes or no. And if he's persistent enough, I can growl no or say yes. Hallowed be your name. The word hallowed in the dictionary made holy or consecrated greatly revered and honoured that's what the word hallowed this means hallowed is our father's name people who curse god or omg on their text messages or in the street, or anywhere. That's pretty poor effort on their behalf. They are offensive. And it's not just offensive to God, it is offensive to me, and it should be offensive to all you as Christians, to hear our God's name, a hallowed, holy name, being desecrated by those people in the street. This is like a sacred or honoured or revered name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. What's the one thing we all aspire to get to? Heaven. We all hope to get there. This implies that we should be asking to hurry up and end the corruption that is in this world. Part of our prayer, we started off addressing our Father who art in heaven. Oh, Father, I'm not home yet, but I ask that you can bring that bit of home into my heart, that I can live as in your kingdom here today, and tomorrow, and the next day, and that I can do your will as I would in your kingdom each and every day. This is our prayer. This is what Jesus has told us we should be looking for. Give us this day our daily bread. This is not our daily coffee or our chocolate or our wine or our luxuries. God knows what we need, same as we know what a child needs. A child needs food, nurture, guidance, encouragement, education, and discipline. But, like us, he wants to be asked when a child wants food, we want to be asked in a respectful, polite, and honest manner. That's what God wants from us. It's not, ah, Lord. Chuck us a loaf of bread? No. We pray for provision. And we've heard it time and again where missions and charities and people have prayed. Sincerely, Lord, I've got a hundred people coming, but I don't know how to feed them. And the Lord provides. Did the Lord provide for ten thousand? No, the Lord provided for a hundred. When Jesus preached to the 5,000 and the loaves and fishes, what happened? There was some excess, but it wasn't that much. There was provision made to an abundance. But what they did do is ask. Jesus prayed to his Father and blessed the food. When we want something, whether it be nurture, whether it be guidance... If we're going to remain fat, we've got to have all those. Education, encouragement and discipline. We need them all. And sometimes we need them more than others. Sometimes we need discipline. Sometimes we need more encouragement. I um, hear people, even Christians, who start to get doubts. And in those doubts... Most unfortunately, those people really, really need encouragement. Sometimes they feel their prayers are unanswered or their prayers are going astray, but they just need to be encouraged, uplifted. We pray pretty much every Sunday for somebody, either in the church or outside of the church or at home who's sick or a family member. That's encouragement. It's encouragement for the people who hear that it can hear it. It's encouragement for the person who's receiving the prayer, whether they know it or not. I'm sure it encourages them. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Ouch! We sing the song, of free from the burden of sin. And uh, this has always been a rather interesting point that's in the Lord's Prayer. It's one of the most vital parts of the Lord's Prayer as far as I'm concerned. I've got a book at home and John Bevere, and he calls it, refers to unforgiveness as the bait of Satan. If Satan can stop us from forgiving others, we in turn stifle God forgiving us. Do you know that? The two verses that follow the Lord's prayer are probably the two most important verses of the whole prayer. And I'll read the last two verses, Matthew six fourteen and 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses... Neither will your Father forgive your trespass. Can sin make it to heaven? Do we need it forgiven? So, what have we got to do in order to get forgiven? We've got to forgive. It's a challenge, measure for measure. Lead us not into temptation. In James chapter one, verses twelve to sixteen, James write, Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is approved he will receive a crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Lead us not into temptation, it's part of our prayer each and every day it should be I know that we uh, walk down the street and uh, sometimes you walk past places that you start finding yourself looking in the window and if you're hearing from God and you've got a good personal relationship that little tap will come and hey stop looking stop looking you don't need to be there you don't need to be doing that God's not leading us into temptation. We can get ourselves there quite easily on our own, what we should be praying for, that God leads us away from temptation. Deliver us from evil. And I remember a testimony from Stuart and a few others who went to Cuba, Pedy and they laid hands on a young Aboriginal girl and prayed for her. And what did they say? The Lord's Prayer. And the evil was there enough that the first time they said through the Lord's Prayer, what did they forget? Deliver us from evil. And Doreen um, was there. And she said, no, we've got to do that again. We missed a bit. And when they actually prayed the Lord's Prayer and they got to de- deliver us from evil, the Spirit left that young world and flew off out the window. Deliver us from evil. Never forget that we need to be asking that. Evil can attach itself to us. In our pasts and sometimes even our present, we can or have done things that give evil a hold over us. If you find yourself a repeat offender in something that you know God despises, you may have something you need deliverance from. So anybody who finds themselves a continual repeat offender, start praying for deliverance from evil. Because you may have a doorway that's just got the wrong foot in it. And it's not God's. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And the end of that is a doxology. From It says from 1 Chronicles 29.11. That doxology is, And yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now, thinking about this model for our prayers and it is a model that we don't pray those exact words we just encompass those words and what we want when we pray i looked at it and i thought hmm yeah it covers our home our father who art in heaven if he's our father that's our home it covers our parents or our parent god he is our father And he's got the honoured position as head of the kingdom or the land where we desire to live in. Our Father who art in heaven. That's where we want to be. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We want to live in that land and we want to live by the rules and the authority that we're happy to comply with. We want to live with God in heaven or heaven on earth or wherever it ends up. So we're praying, thy kingdom come. And we heard earlier as "As the day draws nearer, and it is drawing nearer, but that's what we should be praying for. Bring it on. Bring it on. We have our source of nutrition, it's in the prayer. For our body, our mind and our soul. Our daily bread that we pray for in the Lord's Prayer. That's our source of nutrition. And I always think that I come to church because I want to and I love being here. But I also come here to get fed. Somebody said, do you remember what you ate last Saturday morning for breakfast? What about... Six months ago, what you ate for tea? Do you remember that? No, you don't. But you know what? You're alive and strong and healthy because you ate that food back then. If you'd skipped meals right up until today, you wouldn't be looking real good. But if you spend time with God, it's a bit like the food you eat. You don't necessarily remember every single part of it. But you know it has built you up to the person you are today you know that that's where your spiritual energy has come from. That's where your soul has found its joy, its love, and its peace. A place of genuine love. How's that? That's in here. It says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debts against us. It is only genuine love that can help us to remove sins and forget them. If we're going to forgive someone a sin, we need to discard it. The Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, God has removed our sins. They're gone. But do we hang on to the sin that someone else has committed against us? Or do we get rid of it? Because this is what the last two verses after it, 14 and 15, were all about genuine love, the love of Jesus removes sin. We took the blood of Jesus, and what does it do? It washes it away. Where does it go? Down the sink, down the plug hole, and into the rivers, and into the ocean, and gone. far as the east is from the west. Genuine love lets us forgive others genuine love is what God has for us that he can cast our sin as far as from east to the west not just forgiven but removed nothing corrupt to tempt us or mislead us is in God's kingdom we're praying for a kingdom where there is nothing corrupt Nothing to tempt us and nothing to mislead us. Perfect deliverance from evil that would steal your soul. And to top it off, the promise that this perfection will last for eternity. So would those things make you happy to receive? I'm sure they'd make me happy to receive all those things. A home in heaven, a father in God a kingdom where it's beautiful every single day nothing is harsh perfect food nutrition for the body, mind and soul a place of genuine love nothing corrupt or tempt us or mislead us perfect deliverance from every ailment, every problem and it last, for eternity Amen I want that, bring it on As a model for our prayers, I can see no greater aspiration than to achieve these things and as such direct my prayers towards these ends. That's not to say by any stretch that we shouldn't be praying for others around us as well. But what would eternity be alone Do you want to spend eternity alone? I'd love to dangle a rod in the water, but I'd like to have a few mates around. I'd like to sing praise, but my solo voice is shocking. So I need someone to cover me. So when I say the prayers, I pray for everybody else as well so that I'm not the one yodelling on the hilltop and making everybody else run. The Lord's Prayer as we call it, is merely an outline of where our prayers should be centred. Now I know Stuart said different people, different churches, different denominations tend to focus on different portions feeding the poor or some of them focus on prophecies and salvations and others focus on other things. But as a general rule of thumb, what I want And what you want and what we all want as Christians is to be with Jesus in his kingdom for eternity. So before I finish it, I'm just going to read those last two verses again. I know we ponder on this often, virtually every communion. Examine yourself. If one has got something against a brother, go to him and sort it out before you come to communion because that tarnishes the communion. But I find the most important part is the part that makes me far more passive and far less aggressive and far more forgiving is for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you yours. I will leave you with that to meditate upon. And I pray you all have a wonderful prayer life with the Lord. Have a wonderful private conversation with him, even as you leave or even in your minds right now. May you all walk in the blessing of Jesus and know the love of God. Amen. Thanks, Pete. No reason. No. Very good. Thanks for listening to this podcast by Wattle City Church. If you Google Wattle City Church, you'll find us on Anchor, Spotify, Facebook youtube and a whole bunch of other platforms feel free to listen we pray that you'll be encouraged by this message and by other messages that you listen to we praise god and we pray blessings upon you in jesus name amen